Hello, and welcome to Rewired, a brand new podcast. Whether you are a baby boomer or a millennial, planning ahead or already enjoying retirement, this show is designed to inspire your imagination with helpful information to invite you to live your best life. And now, here's our host, Duchess Dale. Rewired, and it's episode number eight on Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. And our show offers information and inspiration to invite you to use your imagination to rewire the ideas of what is possible in our graying, silver, gold, or even platinum years. For the month of May, we are focusing on Older Americans Month and Mental Health Awareness Month. And in case you missed it, yesterday, Tuesday, May 9th, was National Teacher's Day. Now, most of us are no longer in school, but I would bet that there was at least one teacher in your lifetime that made a difference for you. Maybe he or she really understood your quirkiness, saw your creativity and gifts and talents that no one else saw, someone who really heard you. Well, Today's the day that you can send out a mental shout out or blessing to that person. And if you've had more than one, just just send them some love right now, because I bet there's someone who came to mind that made you smile. And someone else who makes me smile on Tuesday, May 9th was Billy Joel's birthday. He was born in 1949 in the Bronx, and he was recently quoted as saying, I never wanted to be an oldies act, but I suppose I am. I never wanted to be a nostalgia act, but I suppose I am. But I listened to Beethoven, and that's really old stuff. Is that nostalgia? To me, that music is as alive as it ever was. (laughs) Well, I think that's how I'm going to feel about Billy Joel throughout my life, because I still listen to him on classic radio, and I love his music and his lyrical poetry. So happy birthday, Billy Joel. May 11th. National Eat What You Want Day. And if you're listening to this after the show, I'm not sure it's retroactive, but maybe you can get permission. And then on Sunday, May 14th, is the inspiration for the title of this week's episode, M is for the Many Things. (laughs) Now, some of you are already starting to sing that song, aren't you? Well, that song was written before our time. That song was written in 1915 by Howard Johnson who also wrote the song, You Scream, I Scream, We All Scream for Ice Cream. I'm not sure I actually know that, and I really didn't even know the other song until the classic Saturday Night Live sketch with Madeline Kahn, where she was trying to dedicate the song to her mother, and she couldn't remember the lyrics. M is for the many things she gave me. O means only she's growing old. T, T, T is for the thousands of things she gave me. Uh, H is for the hundreds of things she gave me. And and Ms. Khan just went on and on, just improvising with that. And it was, I thought, one of the best sketches ever. Now, you put them all together, and they spell mother, a word that means the world to me. <laughs> That's how the song ends. But that not may not be how you feel about your mother. Many people had challenging relationships with their mom growing up, may still be having some challenges, and many other people had 
wonderful, loving mothers that they adore and maybe even miss if they're no longer on the planet. Well, this is an opportunity this Mother's Day, no matter where your mom may or may not be, but to be able to get in touch with the amazing gift that she gave you. Because whatever type of mom you had, you can't ignore the unique part she played in your life. So to moms everywhere, past, present, and maybe about to be, happy Mother's Day. Hi. Last week, I had the pleasure of interviewing the wonderful actress Carolyn Wickwire, and she quoted something that has been with me ever since. I don't know if she originated it or was borrowing it from someone else, but I'm borrowing it from Carolyn when she said, don't retire from something, retire to something. Now, I think that's kind of an important piece of information to inspire us that when we may step away from what was work, a job, or career, that that doesn't mean our passion and purpose is over as well. And in fact, I know many people look forward to retirement as a way to begin to enjoy things that they couldn't do when they were working. So with that in mind, I am going to invite our next guest to talk about the many things that the Social Security Administration does for us. Now, Jane Perkins is a current employee of the Social Security Administration, and she has agreed to join us to offer some helpful and vital information for people who maybe are starting to consider retirement or just need a little help navigating that process. She's going to talk about some of the nuts and bolts. I am so excited that I get to bring on today's guest. Her name is Jane Perkins, and she is a Social Security Administration representative. That's a really long title. And she's currently working there. And I thought that she would be a great guest to give us some of the nuts and bolts and basics about what is Social Security and how might it apply to our listeners. So welcome, Jane. Oh, thank you so much, Duchess, for inviting me. This is um, a great opportunity. And I also would like to say, you know what? I am your employee. I am every every month and every, every good job or bad job you ever had, uh, you see that little bit of money that comes out every month <laughs> to your social security check, that helps pay me. And that helps pay my coworkers. We are employees of the federal government, but more than anything, you know what, we are your servants. And I, I like to say, I mean, public service to me is really an honor. Um, I am proud to do the work that I do. I be there when people come in and I'm there to help them. And quite often, sometimes me and I'm thinking about signing up for retirement or um, you know, I need to get on Medicare, that you'll be oh. able to approach us and see us as not some, um, anybody that needs to interact with us, they'll be happy. I might want to start with, well, are, what is the best age to both apply for your social security card and then take it down the line, apply for retirement benefits? Wow, that's a lot. And I guess well, what we'll start with, okay, is when to get a social security card. 
A lot of times, whether if you're having, if you have a child, you're in the hospital, um, they will automatically enroll. Um, they're going to have you fill out, uh, put a name, what what you want for the baby. Um, you know, I know that we're geared here for folks that may be approaching, um, retirement or already in retirement, but chances are either, you know, somebody who's, uh, you know, whether a family member or friend. Um, but I think like so many things, it's kind of tribal knowledge. So what you hear today, you may want to share that with somebody who's way younger than you. But the way that, you know, most people now get a social security card at birth. Um, sometimes no if, they're, if they're born at home, um, they may have a d- delay getting the, the birth certificate registered. If that's the case, um, you would come into the office. In those cases, we need you would we would need to have original documents and then we input all the information and then a number a number's created and that would be mailed out to the individual. Um, so okay. I mean, that's really first, first, first. And most oh. of the time for children that are signing up for, um, you know, for school uh, registrations, things like that, they need to have a number. Um, after that, I mean, I guess I would think, you know, your next step is maybe your first jobs, you know, you're going to need a social security card. Right. Um, I would say definitely that the next step is that high school, a lot of things for signing up for sports teams, you know, you need to have those cards. And I also just want to say a couple of things, please, please, please don't keep them in your wallet. And because uh, good point, tell you, tell us and also do not laminate them back in the day. They could be laminated because of water features, security features. Um, if anything's laminated now, they're not going to take it. They'll send you on back to the office, which we'll be glad to see you. But it's a little <laughs> extra stop in your in the routine. Um, so keep them at home. Keep them in a lockbox if you can. Um, and I also just because of the nature of what I do, we don't always think we need it. And generally, we when we decide that we really need something, it's after we've experienced uh, you know some kind of misfortune. Um, it's what you're well, 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 don't put off getting a lockbox, a fireproof, you know, waterproof lockbox for your documents. Well, right off the bat, that's amazing information because yeah. um, if somebody gets assigned a social security number at birth, that's it kind of already starts the process or the, in high school or first job. But the two things that you just said are really critical about don't laminate them because my first thought was, oh, I want to protect this, my precious card. I should laminate it so nothing ever happens to it. And the fact that it's no longer a secure thing to carry it in one's wallet or purse. Right. And I know one of the things I'm sure that people will be interested and we can talk about it either now or maybe another segment is about, you know, identity fraud. And that's really the number one thing. You just don't want to. And then the other part of it is a lot of times we keep the social security card with the driver's license that's lost or stolen. Now you go to the driver's, you go to the, you head off to the driver's license place and they want your social security card. Well, I don't have that. Then you come to social security. I want to get a card. We're going to ask you for for your driver's license. So it, it they it's just not a good situation. So keep that card at home, keep it in a safe place. And, um, you know, it's kind of, you know, and I'm glad to be here because it's just sort of my tips and tricks and things I see. So I, you know, when people call in, you know, it's, um, try, I try to give them the best shortcuts that I can to save them time and and to get done what they need to get done. 
I think that's important. And what I'm going to do is I'm making a note about the identity fraud situation and the email scams, et cetera, as potential next episode. So I can tell my listeners right now that Jane has said she's willing to come on occasionally and keep us updated on the latest for SS. I'm going to say it's SSA because sometimes it's hard to say Social Security Administration. And so we might save that for another episode because that's that's really critical these days with all of the spam, scam, and otherwise hacking. So I love this the, this information is so basic to whether you are newborn 18 or 85. Mm-hmm. Yep. And right. I mean, folks need it also. Hey, I'm going to get, I'm getting my first house. I need a loan. I'm going to refinance a loan. We're going to, you know, there's certain times that people are going to ask for that card and there's no exceptions. You know, you're going to get a new job. They want to, you know, you, you've got to go to the HR department. They want your, they want that. They want a, an original or, or at least a, a new, but an official social security card. So, okay. So that's good to know. And you see people coming in, sliding in sideways, you know, because, Oh, I just got a job. They need, I'm starting on Monday. Like, you know, we can get it to you generally without any problems. If there's no hiccups, no changes of name or, you know, corrections, name corrections or dates of birth. If you come into the office, you can generally get a card within five to 10 days, mailing days. But that's also that. But if you have a little bit extra time, save yourself some trouble and do it online, which so I'm that, sure we'll talk about that. Let's talk about that, because one of my thoughts or next questions, as I said, this is the basics some nuts and bolts. What do you recommend as the best way to contact SSA um, coming into the office, calling? I know there's a wonderful new website. What would you recommend to our listeners? First of all, I would say. Again, don't think of us as the hulking monolith and that, oh, my Lord, I do not want to go to that Social Security website. Um, We've done a redesign and it is much, much, it's easy. It's it's user friendly. The colors are, are good. It's not a ton of graphics everywhere. There is a lot of good information. First of all, I would just say, yeah, get yourself a My Social Security account. Get an online account. Um. There's a lot of things that you could do from there. And we can talk specifically about that. But depending on what it is that you need, um, I need to get a social security card. Well, you can do that online and we can deal with you can do that with the my social security account. Well, I'm thinking, you know, if you're thinking, well, I, I want to maybe uh, retire. I'm wondering, you know, how much am I going to get? A lot mm-hmm. of times for folks as they're approaching retirement, they have a financial advisor. One of the things they'll do is they'll say, you need to find out what are your, what are, you know, what, what are your amounts that you'll receive at, at different times that you can start to collect oh. social security. Oh, so that can bring up another question your, in a minute. You know, you can get, <laughs> yeah, you can get your information. You can get that information. Um, also, some of the things that you want to be doing is taking a look at, at your earnings record. They want you to make sure that every year that you were working, you're going to see some kind of some kind of dollar amount in there. So, okay. um, and I can give you more. We can talk more specifically about that as well. Can you give me the website address for people? Okay. It's www.ssa.gov, and you can also just Google Social Security Administration. Um, I, I'm. <laughs> 
I'm a big fan of that. And just, and then the thing is also, you always will make sure, look for, and this is another tip, whether it's the IRS or anything else that has to do with the federal government, it's always going to be dot gov for government not dot net dot com anything like that dot that's good to know because I, I, even though we're going to talk about it in another episode the email scams and stuff that come in scaring many people about their their benefits or health insurance etc may not be coming from the government and so the dot gov is i think an important thing a good tip for all of us to have Okay, so I'm hearing online, and if you go online, there's a phone number, and then you can also go online and find out where your local office is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Yep, and I would probably even make it easier for yourself. Um, like, if you're just wanting to get like the so the social security number, which while we're talking, I can we can I can give that to them, give that to you. Um, the national eight hundred number, which is going to be Monday through Friday. Uh, or I'm sorry, it's seven days a week, so uh, Monday through Sunday. And I believe they answer until like 10 o'clock Pacific Standard. Yeah. They're, and then they're really early. Um, the 800 number for them is 1-800-772-1213. Okay. And so if you have just general questions, they're a good resource. Um, the local office in Santa Fe is 866-571-8130. But someone can call the main office and if they're not located in Santa Fe, if they're in North, Northern or Southern New Mexico, they they would be put there or even on the website. There would be more right. information right. about what's so, yeah. close. Whatever, whatever, wherever your listeners are, um, they can, uh, there's also, at the, uh, if you want to go to the website and you want to get the local address for your office, there's a little place that you can put your zip code in. It'll right. give you, the, and it'll give you like a little map that'll show you how to get there and the, and the telephone number. So now, you, uh, you mentioned something when we were talking earlier, there's so much information. So forgive me, people who are listening, I get really animated and excited because there's, it's so valuable and interesting to me but you mentioned something that i bet a lot of people don't think about which is when you come into the office to get a card or maybe apply for benefits or you said original documents could you talk about that yep so duchess if we were going to do like our top 10 (laughs) top 10 (laughs) list um i would say probably right up just straight up have, and, and this will go to anywhere. And I'm sure if any, if, you know, if we're old enough to be, you know, approaching retirement, we've got a lot of life lessons at this point, but one of them is have more documents with you than you think you need. And never, ever, it's not going to work to bring a, a photocopy in, in this day and age. And it's also, you can't hold up your phone and say, Hey, here, look at this. <laughs> Because people, (laughs) because they're really good forgeries, okay? So what we have to do, um, we have to certify that any of them, any of my colleagues and I, if we're looking at a document, we have to certify we've seen it, you know, we've reviewed it and it it, it, to the best of our knowledge from looking at watermarks and we have different scanning tech, you know, uh, lights and things that we test to verify that it is a real document. Um, 
And that is, and now when we say an original, like, okay, well, I mean, sometimes people bring in their original birth certificates and they're, mm-hmm. they're quite an artifact. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're really interesting looking, but that can actually be sometimes a problem because if we have to look for an online database, back in the day, they didn't have cert- certificate numbers, or at least they don't match up with anything oh. that's online now. So when we say original or certified copy, um, We'll see this a lot for people that don't have, uh, you know, and a lot of people, they get their divorce documents, they're emailed to them. Unfortunately, we can't use that. So uh, check with your county where you were married or divorced or where you were born, and you can get those documents, but, uh, and they will be considered a certified copy. Would you need those kinds of documents if someone came into the office to begin retirement benefits to fill out an application? Well, when you file an application, so here's another thing too, is that walking in because you want to file an application doesn't really happen any longer. What would happen is we'd say, sure, you want to set up an appointment. We would do some pre-screening. And if we have an appointment available, then we would schedule you and someone would call because now, because we have so many folks that work remotely, Mm -hmm. we're we're pretty much straight on with phone appointments, which you know, when a person, and then we also will mail out a letter to confirm. So there's a lot of things. You're not going to have some random caller. Um, We're going to call in at at the appointment time. We identify ourselves. So we've already talked to the person, either they came in or they called to schedule the appointment. We've sent out a letter to confirm. And um, for a lot of right now with Santa Fe and along with the rest of the the rest of the agency throughout the U.S., we're on a huge hiring, you know, boom. So we have a lot of new people that are going through training. And Yay. while we're getting there, so those delays that people sometimes experience because, you know, they're ready to file, they want to file for the retirement right now. But a lot of times, unfortunately, you can't file right now. We're never going to hold, we're never going to penalize somebody because if they can't get an appointment for a month, and they wanted to file that month that because it was later and they wanted to get paid for that other month, we will always go back. We will honor the date that somebody requests it because in the perfect world, we would be able to file that appointment that for them that day. So it's never going to be held. It's not good. We're not going to disadvantage uh, the American public because they wanted something done. And if we just don't have the manpower, we will always honor the date that they requested. That's great to know. So that brings up what I would think would be probably one of them, other than applying for a card or trying to replace a lost card. My sense is that one of the key questions would be, what's the best age for me to start receiving my benefits? Well, you know what? That depends, like lots of things. Um, You know, that depending on your life situation, um, if one was to wait until what we call full retirement. Now that's the year that social security kind of sets everything too. So it's always, I always think of, it's like the factor of one, or if you went to school and you remember your number line, that's zero. So if you go early, which would be age 62, you'd be going backwards on your number line or so, or it's getting reduced. The earliest you would file would be age 62 but now let's say for somebody who was be, who was born and then you're approaching uh, full retirement age, uh, say somebody that was born in 
58. Um, they would be 66 and eight months. That's the factor of one, or that's what we consider the center of the number line. Like that's, and if it was $2,000, if you wait every month after that up to age 70, you will, you will have a higher monthly benefit. And it's generally about 8% a year. So that's like, okay. if you wait every year, it goes up about 8%. And, the, and you don't that... have to wait until your, uh, until your birth date. It's not on an annual, you can, you could do it at, you know, 63 in two months or 64, right on the dot. You can file. All right. You could file okay. as early as age 62. 62. And you wouldn't want to delay any later than age 70. So depending on what year you're born, which we would call full retirement, it can be anything from age 66 to age 67. And that is what we call full retirement. So when you think about filing early, it's going to be, you know, from 62, 63, 64, 65, uh, 65, and up to 66 and several months, um, it's going to be, it's going to be discounted, I guess I'll put it that way. And, and and the only way I generally would say this is on average, the longer that if you have an investment, the longer you hold it, the higher the amount. So that that's kind of, it's sort of, I mean, not all investments, you know, if they all, you know, we just grow, we never had a problem with that, but, you know, in, in, in the way that we would like investments to work, the longer you hold off, the higher the amount would go. So if now, someone can, waiting till 70 usually is the best bet. But of course, it varies on a person's circumstances. Yeah, and you know, I have a real I have a real different opinion on that. And this is where talk to your financial advisor. But it has a lot to do with when you're working. You know, when you want to start collecting and when you want to. And if you're working full time, and this year, if you're making over $21,400, and you're below your full retirement, you probably want to hold off. But yeah. if you're after the time that you're your full retirement and you want to work and start collecting your benefit, no problem. You can make as much money as you like. Sometimes you'll hear people go say, oh, you know what? I'm going to get penalized. Um, taking the benefit, taking your retirement benefit early and then working over the, the annual earnings limit what that means, and it makes it sound like we've got like, oh, we're not going to let you work. The trade-off is if you want to get your benefits early, so you're going to pull your investment early, mm-hmm. then you can't, the way that we figure how much you're getting is based on, we're assuming you're going to wait until that full retirement age. So if you're going to get it early, we're going to, you have to keep the earnings that you make wages. Now, this, this wouldn't be investment or this wouldn't have anything to do with if you're getting a pension, say from the state, we don't count that. We're looking at actual employment wages, labor wages. So that that's what that would be. That's great. So, you know, and the other part of it that factors into this too, is that whether what a person has a disability. And that would be something that um, would affect whether somebody wanted to start taking the retirement benefits early. So um, it's a little bit different for everybody. Um, I'd say if you're, you know, so I guess 
I'm just going to say it, 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 it depends. And that's where you want to talk to a, a financial advisor or come in and talk to us or actually on the phone. Cause a lot of times I will talk to someone and they'll say, Hey, I want to schedule an appointment. I want to come in. I want to talk about my benefits. And it's like, you know what? You don't even have to schedule an appointment. We're on the phone. We can do it. We'll take some identifying questions for the person. We'll pull up the record. And I always tell them, okay, get a pen and paper. We're going to start talking about some numbers. Just ask me anything that you want. We need to repeat, but we'll talk. We can do it now. If it's That's a good great. And I'm going to throw in something you may or may not know, uh, because of course you just said, talk to your financial advisor, which would be great if many of us had one and a lot of us don't. Mm-hmm. So there was, I had a guest a few weeks ago on the show, Natalie Myers, who is part of the state of New Mexico that offers free legal counseling. They don't do documentations and wills, but she has the ability to maybe also help with some awareness of a financial um, perspective that might help those people who don't have a financial advisor or a trusted friend or a spouse that might be the one to give them that, that little bit of advice and counseling that they need. So that's possible too. So that, yeah. So that the someone going in is coming in with as much information as they can and getting the feedback from you as a representative in terms of the numbers and the application, et cetera. So, well, and, and honestly, one of the reasons why we say too is like, you know, um, consult your financial advisor. Not everybody has one and they would like, you're right. But with social security, what we can't do is we can't tell you what the right thing is to do. What we can give you are options and be as clear as possible. But everybody's got, you know, everybody has a different situation. And this is a, an interesting thing that will happen quite often is that, well, people have told me or my cousin or my neighbor <laughs> said it's this or that. And I always say, come, you know, get, like, that's great. And I'm sure that they mean well. But quite often people don't, you know, people's situations are so different. Right. But so check with us, ask us. That's what we're here for. That's, you know, that's definitely we're your employees. We're your government servants. So, (laughs) so yeah, check with us. And um, because, yeah, everybody's situation is different. And because, you know, it's a private thing. Not everybody wants to fully disclose what all their financial situation is. So understandably, um, yeah. But that's that's our job, and you know we're we're here to answer those kind of questions. Since you are going to be coming back, how about we close out with one question about spousal benefits? And I've been making notes about what we're going to talk about next show. Okay, if you could address something about spousal benefits. Maybe some people don't know that you can claim both. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Mm-hmm. And that again is yes, but or yes, and. Um, and that's usually, you know, you can collect, um, depending on a situation, you can collect on a current spouse, you can collect on an ex-spouse, oh. you can collect on an ex-deceased spouse. Good if you've been married more than once, you could pick one of those spouses. <laughs> However, the caveat is that <laughs> the caveat is that. You can't be married. If you're going to collect on an ex-spouse, you cannot be currently married. So, ah. and, and and how that works um, is, and, and you know, that might even be an interesting conversation to just take a chunk, just talking about all the different situations that a person could, could have. But 
the bottom line is, is that if, if a spouse is living X or current and your own benefit is more than half of theirs, then that you wouldn't want to file. But mm-hmm. so here's, here's, let's use a number. Let's, let's say the ex-spouse gets $2,500 a month. Okay. And what you're getting is a thousand. Well, a thousand is less than half because a half of the 2,500 is 1,250. Mm-hmm. What you would be eligible is up to the 1,250. So essentially what we do is we take that thousand dollars that you're already receiving then we're going to add $250 onto that. Um, now, not every divorce is, if we're talking about a divorce spouse, um, it's not always amicable. Um, does that person need to know? Does he need to know or does she need to know? No, they don't. Yeah. And that's, as a they matter don't. of fact, that is a non-disclosure to us. However, that's- quite often we have, you know, ex-spouses saying, hey, you ought to go over to check, check, you know, get in contact with social security. <laughs> check and see if, you know, you might be able to get something from my record. So that's always, you know, you got to start with a spot of like, well, what's your record? And then what is theirs? Now, what we would need is make sure that you that you've got um, their name, their date of birth, social security number, if you can, Um, we can look that up. But we also need to know when were you married? And when were you divorced? Okay. So those those are important things. And so and then the other thing is that if you are divorced, you need to have been married at least 10 years. And so oh, see, those are really critical pieces of information. Some of it's new and some of it people might not think about, but that I think is a significant um bit of information for some people that could really help them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that that's great. So I think because oh, people are probably, you know, their brain their minds are exploding, <laughs> and their hand is tired from writing all these things that we're we're saying. I I'm going to say that we're going to wrap this up. But again, as I said earlier, I'm thrilled that Jane has agreed to return and give us more information. And and as we said, perhaps the next episode or the next time we talk, we're going to specifically talk about the identity theft, the scammers and stuff, things that we need to know and maybe understand and do differently. So I'm going to schedule that in the future. And uh, for now, I am going to thank you profusely for your time with me today, as well as your time as this lovely public servant who loves her job. I mean, that's some people can't even say that whether they're in the government or not. So that's really a a form of rewiring about the thoughts about working and enjoying one's passion and purpose that I really appreciate. So thank you so much, Jane, and, and stay healthy and take care. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. It was a great opportunity. And if you folks don't already love this show, um, I'm sure you do, but you know, it is wonderful. Share, share it with your friends, like it and uh, support Duchess. This is a great, this is a great resource and um, a lot of fun to listen to. Well, thank you so much for that plug. I unexpected. I'm I'm glad it's not video because I would be, I would have pink cheeks and little tears in my eyes. So thank you. (laughs) Till the next time, Jane. I'm looking forward to when Jane Perkins can join us again with more information and tips and conversation about Social Security and Medicare. 
it's important that we all stay attuned to that so that when we are ready to navigate our retirement path, then we are doing it conscientiously and informed. You can always call SSA at 1-800-772-1213 or go online www.ssa.gov. And if there was a whole lot of information that you weren't able to notate because you were walking or driving while you were listening, remember, you can always rewind your Rewired podcast. Closing out, I want to acknowledge a special birthday here in New Mexico for Native American poet Joy Harjo. She was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma on May 9th in 1951 and is known for her many collections of poetry. She is quoted as saying, Remember that you are all people and that all people are you. There is no separation. We are all from the same place. As long as there is respect and acknowledgement of connections, things continue working. And that's what we are doing. We are respecting and acknowledging our connection through the podcast to continue to let things work for the best. So we'll close out with the acknowledgement of Friday, May 12th being National Limerick Day. (laughs) Now I know we're all adults and I know where you might have gone when I said it was National Limerick Day. However, you probably didn't know that maybe the first person attributed to limericks was St. Thomas Aquinas, way back there in the 13th century. His five-line rhyming verses were penned in Latin of all things, but it is probably the oldest example of the form. We're probably more familiar with the more comical, whimsical ones that Edward Lear wrote in his book, A Book of Nonsense, back in 1846. And what is one of the oldest limericks that we know? Well, I was taught it was a nursery rhyme, but it's actually a limerick. Hickory dickory dock, the mouse ran up the clock, the clock struck one, the mouse ran down, hickory dickory dock. (laughs) Well, now, when we close out, you can go write your own limerick and start celebrating the weekend. And I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, stay recommitted, reconnected, rewind, and rewire. Thanks to the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico for sponsoring our show. Our original music was written and sung by New Mexico's own Lydia Clark. Join us for a midweek uplift on Wednesdays, streaming at noon Mountain Standard Time. I'm your announcer, Don Converse. Till then, stay plugged in. Information and inspiration, you've got a